Welcome to the Founder Scale Sales Leadership Podcast, where we help business founders and sales leaders understand and overcome the challenges of building high-performing sales teams. Hello, and welcome to the Founder Scale Sales Leadership Podcast. My name is Josh Sweeney. And I'm Taylor Barnes. And today we're discussing KPIs that drive results. KPIs, for those that aren't familiar, those are key performance indicators. Those are the things that your organization does on a small level that creates big results down the road. So, Josh, I want to hear about your number one sales KPI. Yeah, so our number one, that's a, that's a hard thing to narrow it down, but luckily we've, we've already done it. Um, as you know, I've implemented hundreds of CRM solutions, and mm-hmm. I think I've seen every different measurement for sales available to humankind. Um, you know, I've seen like cards that people fill out on six different factors and just all kinds of complicated systems. Uh, and when it really comes to the smaller businesses we work with, let's say under 10 salespeople, there's only one number that we think matters the most. And if you track that one number, there's a bunch of sub numbers you can get into, but we, we have this one sales number as a starting point. And that's the number of sales activities. Okay. So uh, we call it the founder scale one system. Right. And um, so you basically start any, any initiative by saying, I am going to track the number of sales activities. And what we find is just the reason for that is if sales activities go up, opportunities go up. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. mainly, and a lot of times when we're talking about outbound account management, I guess it could be, it's really across the board. Um, but when the number of activities go up, the number of opportunities go up and in all kinds of different ways. So if I'm making 60 calls a day instead of 30, I'm going to get more opportunities. Uh, if I find out one of my reps says they're making 10 calls a day and then I go check their number in the phone system and they made three, which, you know, there's endless number of stories like that out there. Oh, yeah. um, you know, I know we're not we're losing opportunities right in the right. market. So we always start off by saying, what is that one number look like? When we reach into HubSpot, we reach into Salesforce, we say, give me that activity count. So we'll take mm-hmm. their salespeople, we'll, we'll decide what counts as an activity. So a lot of times it's a call, a note, and an email. And we just want to know what that number is first. Mm-hmm. So from there, we look at that number and say, okay, is that number on target? Uh, Should they be making 120 outbound activities a day? Uh, Should they be calling all of their accounts every day? You know what? Based on that role, what should that number be? And does it add up? And most often that number just doesn't add up. So that's that's our starting point. Yeah. And it sounds like you've done this a bunch. So what I think uh, I think our listeners might like to hear what are different types of KPIs? You you mentioned calls. You mentioned, um, you know, some other ones and, and you're generalizing with activities here. So. You know, I'm assuming that it depends on the kind of business that they're in. But what are some other types of KPIs that organizations have used in your mind? Um, let's see. What else has been out there? I mean, there's all kinds of KPIs like uh, leading indicators, activities, lagging indicator KPIs are obviously sales, close one deals. Mm-hmm. We hear that one a lot, which which is not a very good one if you're doing like B2B sales, anything with a longer sales cycle. If you're immediately only looking at the close one number uh, and if the sales cycle is six months, then you can't you can't score a sales rep right. for the next six months. Yeah. Um, so there's some lagging indicators like mm-hmm. the opportunities, closed one, closed lost. Um, 
durations of conversations. So if you're analyzing calls, you know, how many calls, how long were there or yeah. were those calls? So uh, point think, being, it can get really granular. It can get down. complicated really quickly. Yeah. yeah. Right. And that, and that's that's something that I that I've seen a lot of, you know. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm, every time that somebody says the word KPI, it's it, it's one of those that kind of just people kind of shake their head out a little bit because people get really bogged down. They either have too many or they have too little, and it obviously depends on the kind of organization that you're at. There are a billion delivery KPIs, right? There's the you know anything from acknowledging a ticket to the amount of time that you communicate during an active case, but really for the purpose of of sales, my, my impression of what a KPI needs to be is a formal agreement between the sales human and the sales manager. It is up to the sales manager to understand what indicators drive revenue growth, drive margin production, and drive customer acquisition, for instance. But it is up to the sales manager to enforce those KPIs upon the sales employee on a regular basis. So a lot of times people go through this round and round issue of, you know, what should my KPIs be and what's, I can tell you from experience, what makes this impossible is when you switch them very often. Right. And, right. and the sales manager says, well, this week you didn't make many calls. Well, next week you didn't make many emails. Well, the other week you didn't send enough, I don't know, texts or whatever. You didn't see enough customers where it really gets where it really starts to wear on the salesperson is when management continues to change those KPIs at a rapid pace. So I think it's really important that once they've established, you know, whatever their regular meeting cadences, and by they, I mean the, the sales employee and the sales manager, whatever that is, you know, for instance, that's my number seven step in what I call the sales machine is, is the KPI creation station. And that's really, you know, the the agreement that the salesperson and the sales manager are going to have for that sales role responsibility. There's going to be three KPIs, and these are the KPIs that we're going to discuss every single week. That is, like you said, it could be amount of phone call, whatever it is. Yeah. But those have to be measured and monitored weekly and to 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 feed to feed those lag indicators that you're talking about today. Yeah, well, I love the the human element you added that in there, right? Obviously, I deal with um, software too much <laughs> some days, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, because when I'm thinking KPIs, I'm like, how am I going to run the report? Where am I going to see it? What right. are they? Mm. But I like the add-on of a KPI is a contract between a sales representative and a sales manager because so often, and I mean, we mentioned this back on a few episodes ago, how you know I had a sales manager that. I asked what what the KPIs were, what what activities this person had to do, and they didn't have any. Right, yeah. there was no contract, and I would say, you know, nine times out of ten, if I think back on some of the implementations I've done on the CRM side, there was no contract, and that was probably perhaps the biggest issue where we say, hey, you know, CRM can't solve all your problems. No. Um, there's all kinds of other there's all kinds of other areas to sales that you have to fix around enablement, operations, outreach, activities. Yeah. You know, the list goes on. Absolutely. But you it's got like we to say, have the contract. Yeah, like we Love say, it. you know, software doesn't run companies. People do, you know. And uh, and so to be able to – and it's not that software doesn't support and generate. Of course, it's extremely important. Uh, but without understanding what those proper KPIs at the human-to-human level are, 
well, then you're going to be running in the sand and kind of just running a bunch of reports that don't really have any meaning to them. You know, if I can tell you a report of, hey, we got 50 quotes last week. Okay. Is that my KPI? That right. I need to at least have 50 quotes a week? What does that feed? Does that feed, does, does that, is the is it the opportunities that generated the quotes? Is it the amount of quotes that are above a certain dollar amount? Is it the amount of quotes that are in a certain area? Look, it doesn't matter what the KPI is because you can go on for days about whatever indicators are going to feed your business the most. But it is really important that there is human accountability detailed out between that sales employee and that sales manager uh, that's that's not just creating consistent KPIs, but that one that at the end of the month, you can look back and say, OK, we hit them. We did not. We were close. What did we learn? What are the lags at this point? Now, after all these things that we established, do we have what we wanted to have after a month? And without keeping close to those KPIs at the human level, you're not going to know what you're reporting on at the end of the day. Or, or your reporting is not going to have enough, you know, it's not going to have enough, uh, you know, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not going to have enough data, like correct data on it for you to make a proper business decision or to implement any change. Yeah. So before talking about shifting KPIs and other issues with that, I do want to just you know throw this back out to the listeners because I think it was so profound for me is, uh, do you as a sales leader, as a founder, leader of the organization, have that contract in place? Mm. And if you don't have that contract in place, we want you to take have that as a takeaway. You know, Go get a contract in place between you and your sales representatives on what that KPI is so that you're both on the same page. Now, in following that, we have to talk about, you know, shifting KPIs. So, mm-hmm. you know, I highlighted the one sales number activities. That's where we always start because we always find that they're just way too low. The expectations aren't set. That contract's not mm-hmm. in place. And, um, you know, once we once we go away from that number, we start to break down into, okay, the, what's, what's really the minutia of that? Is there a number of calls? Is there a number of uh, emails? Uh, LinkedIn outreach connections, you know, what are some of those other leading indicators to opening up a new opportunity for, let's say, outbound in this case? Um, And they can't shift, right? As you said, we can't change them all the time. So a lot of times when we're setting those, we have best practice data. We know what other companies are doing. We know how many calls will run people off. We know how many calls mean that your sales rep is, or your maybe in this case, your SDR outbound person just isn't cut out for this. You yeah. know, we have a window, which a lot of people don't have those those bounds, and that's where we help. What are some other things where you see, you know, KPIs are sh- set and then they shift, and for what reason? Yeah, I mean, really what it comes down to is, <clears throat> let me give you an example that will probably paint the best picture. So let's say that I've got a salesperson, and in two weeks, I don't feel that he or she made any progress. They didn't get a certain, they didn't get a quote out. They didn't have a customer meeting, whatever it is. Whatever's important to me as a manager, and let's just use those two as an example. They didn't close any deals and they didn't set any customer meetings. Those are two traditional, off the shelf, in my opinion, very lazy KPIs that could have a lot more meat to them if yeah. you really dive into the right ones. But then in two weeks, it is, well, that didn't work. So, uh, so let's go to, um, sales loft email cadences now and, and start peppering them on LinkedIn. I want to do a hundred LinkedIn's every week and I want to do 25 sales loft cadences 
this week. And then two weeks later, the exact same thing happens. And they don't stop and, and realize that maybe those specific KPIs were incorrect or not effective. You know, uh, it, it's it's not to say that that they will never be effective, but they're either ne- they're neither not giving the activity a chance to mature or to to you know to kind of move along in the progress. And and what makes that worse is that th- th- that's so confusing for a sales rep to have all these KPR and SDR or BDR to have all these KPIs jump in all over the place. And what makes it even worse, in my opinion, is that the sales manager doesn't really take a look at something at the macro level, like a profit and loss statement, like a P&L, and says, what KPIs can I put in place for my salesperson to make this number go up, right? They'll just say, I just want to make activities to make activities. I just want to make phone calls and do this and keep them busy and if you're not busy, you should act busy, and and it and it really doesn't have what's called a PQO. Now I stole PQO from a guy named Brennan Bruchard, who I'm sure a lot of people have heard of. He's the author of High Performance Habits and tremendous, tremendous um, motivator. Uh, but he calls it a prolific quality output. Whatever KPI creation you have, or whatever KPI you change, it has to have a prolific quality output, meaning that the time in has to be 10x the time out. It can't be linear. The amount of hours you work versus the amount of salary you get or hourly pay, that's linear. I'm talking if I spend three hours writing a book today, that book launch date just moved up by six months. That is a PQO. So whatever you do in your business that's going to be worth that kind of KPI, make sure that you're keeping the real output in mind when you're creating them. And then once you do have them, I would really say, Josh, one of the things that people struggle with is, 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 is holding the line, staying the course a little bit when maybe they're not seeing a, enough action week over week. Yeah. I mean, I totally see that as well because people don't, you know, let's say you're going to start using uh, LinkedIn outreach, right? Mm-hmm. And in the first 30 days, it's not working. Right. Then they abandon it and they go to a call strategy or they go yeah. to a social selling strategy or they go to whatever other strategy they might have read about in the latest sales book. And I think we do see that people, you know, they jump a little too early and maybe that's part of sales maturity. Maybe um, maybe they just move too fast. You know, I think yeah. there's all kinds of reasons we see that happen. But um, sometimes you need time to learn. Like if you're not getting training from another organization, you know, if you're not working with somebody like us that says, here's the results you should be seeing. This is in line at this point or this stage, or this is, this is way better, you know, mm-hmm. then you don't know, you don't know any better. So is that, a, right. is that a sales maturity challenge? Is it yeah, not really knowing what activities or what, um, what they need to do to generate a new opportunity? I think that's a sales management immaturity. I think that is a sales manager not understanding what activities or what what goals or KPIs, whatever you want to call them, are going to generate the biggest impact for the business. So, you know, the, the, the sales rep is going to sign the KPI contract with their boss nine times out of 10. And if they don't, it's because they wholeheartedly disagree with them and whatever and then they will come up with a goal together that they're going to monitor closely. But no, I think 
again, I, I really strongly believe that's why it's so important for sales management to understand how to create the proper KPIs that are going to be applicable to revenue growth in their generation via what they sell or what they provide. The KPIs for a product-driven organization should be extremely different than the KPIs from a service-driven organization. A brokerage house would be a whole lot different than an end-user sale house, right? So it, it, I think that's really at the, at the management level. And understanding, you know, things around like what a sales process typically looks like from start to finish, they really have got, because let's be honest, the best KPI probably out there is putting a quote in the customer's hands. That's probably one of the best KPIs out there because- So quotes customer, per week. Exactly. Quotes delivered per week. Quotes per right. one week. I gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, and it's basically the- the number of quotes that you put in customers' hands, well, now there's more buyers out there because they can't buy anything until it's right in front of their face. So whatever that KPI is, you know, I'm sorry, whatever that KPI leading up to that is, I mean, that's your prolific quality output. That's if you put more more, more quotes in customers' hands, they're going to have more, more opportunity to buy them. You know? Yeah, and I'm going so, to latch on to that, that uh, quotes per week for a second. Okay. So, one of the things I love about quotes per week is what I've seen with a lot of reps is that they often don't put a contract in front of somebody early enough. They're yeah. constantly waiting for a certain buying signal. There's a little hesitancy. Oh, it's not the right time. And from most of my experience, and even I think there's some books out there that, that reinforce this, that they say, okay, you know, as soon as you've gotten through a certain section, right, based on a sales process and a methodology, when you've hit a certain point, you send over the quote. And it's okay that it's early because they have it in their court. They have to say no to that quote or that contract mm. or come back to you instead of they're still waiting on it. And there's other yeah. salespeople that are already, you know, if you're, if you're selling against other people, somebody else has already put that quote in front of them. So I've seen yeah. a lot of people that really don't get the estimate in front of of a prospect quickly enough. What do you right. think about that? What do you think about, oh, you know, right. the quotes think, per day and kind of the, yeah. the mental change of, you know what, I want you to get out quotes per day or quotes per week and I want you to get them out earlier than you have been in, in the process. From a sales point of view, I think it's one of the most powerful KPIs that, that you can have out there is to put a piece of paper that has a dollar amount in front of a customer and gives them a chance to buy. In, in not necessarily your exact world, but in your indirect world, that would be like having a call to action on a website or not. Right? Got it. Like, yeah. It yeah. would be like having that click here button or not having that click here button. You have to give them something to take action on. And when you put a quote in their hands, well, I, look, I would be I would be genuinely shocked if that did not increase your output of generating more revenue if you specifically focused on getting pricing in the customer's hands quicker. Because as you said, Josh, there's a lot of people that don't get it done quicker. And and it's not that and, – and, and they overthink it. They overthink, oh, I don't want to price it yet because we're still in the solutioning phase and this and that. And look, many times that – that might apply, to be fair. That yep. might apply in some cases. But if you, especially if you're in the early stages and you're in the customer acquisition space, deals can be killed in a matter of seconds on the commercials. You know what I mean? You can have the best solution in the world, and all of a sudden, at the end of the day, they can't afford it. So not only does it give you the ability to put something in the customer's hands, it gives you the ability, them the ability to buy it, 
but it also gives you possibly a quicker way to know this is too expensive or no, this doesn't work for my, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, that's my, that's my favorite part about putting a proposal out quickly is yeah. you figure out if somebody really has budget. Cause like there I you found, go. you know, if you're doing Bant or something else, you know, some other methodology where you're trying to train a sales rep on how to get budget. You know, a lot of times they're like, oh, well, they won't tell us their budget. There's all these there's all these reasons sales rep come up with not to push people on what their budget is. And there's yeah. different techniques to, to get that out of a prospect. And what I've often seen is, you know, if you put that quote out there or even if it's a proposal, let's say it's not even as far as a quote where they have to sign anything. Here's our here's the first cut of our proposal from what I've heard. It yeah. makes it very easy for somebody to go, oh, we thought this was more of a $10,000 thing and you just quoted me a $30,000 thing. And you're like, oh, we can do that. But here's how that will look like, right? That is a different package. Or this won't fit, right? Or here's the levers I can help you pull because you don't know about uh, IT infrastructure or CRM implementations, or you don't have experience in this area. So I'm going to be your guide and I'm going to tell you what levers we can pull here and where you can save some real money. But without putting it out there, you don't know. You're never you just spent more and more time. I mean, I've seen it. $100,000 on somebody with a $10,000 budget and all of a sudden the deal's blown because yeah, exactly. they didn't like That's it. That's exactly right. <laughs> and you're doing yourself a favor, kind of like we talked about the other week. You're doing yourself a favor and that, that qualifies the opportunity way more and way quicker. So many people do this. So many people say, all right, I've got my quote, but I want to deliver it in person. I really want to deliver it in person or I want to present yeah. everything. Okay. Hey, when can you meet? All right. Let's set a date. Uh, three weeks. You've just lost three weeks. Right. Yeah. You've just lost three weeks. And I'm going to play that- devil's advocate on that one because I do have the, the opposite side, right, is is maybe not so much in person. But I started implementing a rule where I would see we would give out proposals. And for most companies, when you give that proposal, that's the point in which they go dark. Yeah. All of a sudden they have what they need and they don't call, yeah. right? So there's this window of I give a proposal and they nine times out of 10, they go dark because they're deliberating or whatever they're going through, right? They just needed you as column fodder or they're just figuring it out. And then there's three weeks out when you can meet them in person. Mm. So I know my strategy there is to try and schedule a presentation but it's more of a Zoom. It's like, hey, I want to present this to you. I get yeah. it all the time. Nope, just send it to me. Nope, we don't just send those things. Right? Yeah. I'm gonna. Yeah. We're gonna at least take 15 minutes to walk you through this, so that you can immediately tell me where are we off, where are we not in line with what your expectations are and what we're providing, or you know, is it dead on? And now you need to go deliberate. Now you told me. So I'm a big fan of really, you know, not just kicking it over, but also like you said, you can't wait three weeks, right? Just to do it in person. And and there does need to be a balance. You obviously don't want to just get a request and pop over a quote. There needs to be some, you know, there needs to be some sort of quality control online. And I like your idea of, of being able to present it in a consultative manner and, and do it over video call or something like that. That, that that's huge, but where it becomes where where it becomes a gotcha is if that human being on the other end, like you said, is looking for a price that he maybe can do leverage on their provider with, or looking for a price just because he or she is curious. Well, then by getting it to him or her quicker and not maybe waiting for the presentation, you've just qualified that as a no. 
and now you yeah. can move on with your life. More opportunities, you know I mean? yeah. More, more time into the good opportunities. More, more right. opportunities, yeah, ex- exactly. But you're right, though. There does need to be a balance. It just needs to be something very well thought out. And again, that's why establishing those KPIs, regardless if it's quotes per week or meetings per week or you know consultative quote presentations per week, and that example <laughs> right. we just had, whatever it is, that is – that is where it's really important. But do not, listeners out there, do not create KPIs just to create them. Don't do that because here's what's going to happen. Your people are going to do them. Right. <laughs> and if, they, if they spend two or three weeks working on stuff that's not moving the needle for your organization just because you wanted to put them to work, that's not helping anybody. doesn't help them, doesn't help you. And that's why establishing that that contract per se between the sales manager, the sales employee, or the the marketing manager and the SDR, what have you, is critically important. But as you do that, make sure that the ones that you're creating are pointing to what's really going to move the needle for the organization. Yeah. So before we wrap up, what is your one favorite KPI? My you got to pick one. If you had to pick just, one just favorite just KPI, one? yeah. All right, my what is one it? favorite. My one favorite KPI outside of quotes per week, uh, yeah, <laughs> is probably. Hmm, good question. I'm going to go with in-person meetings. In-person meetings. In-person meetings. Love and it. these days, you know, uh, we're in a pandemic these days, right? <laughs> it's a little and, harder. Uh, <laughs> and in-person meetings are a little bit more tough. Um, a little bit tougher. But uh, I would say that in-person meetings, you know, virtually right now, in-person meetings, man, there's an opportunity there, Josh. There's a real big opportunity to create a KPI around that, a good KPI around that, because people can't hide from their phone as well as they can hide from a human being in a building. So yep. I would say that you uh, that, that, that sales and sales managers out there and leaders have a real opportunity right now to get in front of their customers on these virtual platforms. And that is an excellent KPI to draft in these current times. Awesome. Well, to close out, you know, go, go get your KPI contract done and established. Get them in order. You know, think about the, the activities and the types of activities and the number of activities that you should expect from your sales rep. And then think about the, the next indicator of, you know, is it quotes per week or, you know, is it meetings in person? What are those KPIs that you really want to stick to? Um, I, re- I definitely recommend you going and getting your number one, maybe number two, two KPIs, stick to them for the long term and really flush out why those make a difference downstream. Absolutely agree with you, Josh. And thanks to all of our listeners out there for chiming in. We're looking forward to seeing you all soon. Yep. See you on the next one. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Founder Scale Sales Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed this content, please subscribe and give us five stars on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening platform.